Welcome to the Rose Rhapsody. Mr. Tibbs. You just put your lips together and blow. Rosebud. One morning I shot an elephant in my pajamas. How he got in my pajamas, I don't know. I'll just go up sometime, see me. What do you want? You you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Exterior, Paige's house, night. Dave knocks on the door, and after a few moments, Paige opens it. Look, I get it. This is just supposed to be once a week, birthdays, class pageants, whatever, but it's, it's, it's more than that now. You were right to do this because she needs it. You can tell. She looks forward to it. It's important to her. In 10 years, she won't care. She won't have a spare second for me, but right now, it's important. And to me, too. It might be the first time anyone has really needed me, and I don't want to let her down. Tell her I said Happy New Year. He turns and walks away before Paige can get a word out. Interior, Greyhound bus, day. David looks out the window at a sign that says, 81 South, Roanoke. Interior, Paige's kitchen, night. Paige is making dinner, and from the other room we hear, Mom! Mom! Come here! Hurry! Interior, living room, night. Paige walks into the room where Anna's been playing and watching TV, just as David appears on screen, looking like a million bucks, striding into a conference room and confidently greeting his clients. Look, it's Daddy! Daddy's on TV! Paige nods and smiles, distracted. Interior, theater, night. David and his castmates in their navy dress whites and various other marine uniforms bow for the curtain call. The applause is thunderous. The crowd, despite the length of the play and the too cute by half dialogue, has obviously had an enjoyable night at the theater. Paige is clapping enthusiastically as Anna, in spite of the racket, sleeps soundly in the seat beside her. Exterior, Roanoke Street, night. A few people linger on the sidewalk, Paige among them. She holds the still-sleeping Anna in her arms. David emerges from the stage door in his civvies. Hey! Aw. Yeah, don't take it to heart. The show was great. Thanks. How long did she last? I think she dropped off somewhere around, you need me on that wall. So she did pretty good. Yeah, she did. Uh, you want me to... Oh, sure, thanks. She hands Anna over to David, and he kisses the top of her head. Hey, buddy. Let's get you to bed. They start the walk to the hotel. We saw your commercial. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Anna was beside herself. Interior. Hotel room. Night. It's a suite, and David emerges from the bedroom, quietly closing the door. 
She is out. It was a long day. Yeah, well, thanks. Thank you for coming. It really means a lot. Of course. You know what she said when your commercial came on? I was in the kitchen and she said, Mom, come here. Daddy's on TV. Really? Yeah. Huh. Does that... What? Does that scare you? Uh, should it? It would scare me, probably, if I were you. Yeah, no. No, it doesn't. I get the feeling that nothing really scares you. <laughs> well, if I thought about it much, probably everything would scare me. I'm just not that smart. Ah, okay. So, again, it means a lot. Thanks. And I'll meet you here for breakfast. Okay. A moment while they decide how to put a button on this thing, and they finally decide on a friendly hug. And then, as sometimes happens, especially in movies, the friendly hug turns a bit friendly. And then there's that second where they look at each other to confirm that they both understand where this is going, and then the hug turns into a clinch, and as the Irish say, they're wearing the faces off each other. And then they come up for air. You are really good. Oh, thanks. I mean, I like to think so, but it's nice to have the validation. Stop. I'm talking about tonight. On stage. I know. Thanks. No, I mean, you were really good. You mean you were surprised? I figured you were good. I just didn't think you'd be that good. He nods, kisses her. There's more clinching and face wearing and whatnot. They slowly back toward the couch and then Paige stops. This is weird. Isn't this weird? Isn't what weird? Exactly. I mean... That you're making out with your daughter's pretend father? Yeah. Who is on your payroll? Yeah. Which kind of makes me like, uh, Lady of the Night, I guess. I was gonna say whore. Or kept man. I was gonna go with whore. Sure. Yeah. You're right. Bad idea. And I'm kind of seeing somebody. You're always kind of seeing somebody. Yeah, well... He kisses her one last time. You're right. But, God damn, you're really good at that. I mean, really good. Thanks. It's nice to have the validation. <laughs> he turns to go. Good night. See you at breakfast. Interior, hotel dining room, morning. Paige is going over the menu with Anna, and Dave arrives. Daddy! She pops out of her chair and into Dave's arms. Hey, buddy. Good morning. Morning. How do you sleep? Not well. You? Same. They smile sheepishly. Interior, Paige's house, day. A happy birthday, Anna, sign hangs in the foyer. Kids and parents mill about, and Dave and Margaret greet newcomers as they arrive. Lisa, John, and their daughter, Emma, appear at the door. Oh, hey, look who it is. John, right? Yes, uh, nice to see you again. And Lisa, it's great to see you again. 
Hi, Dave. She gives Dave a long, warm hug and holds on to him. I saw your commercial this winter. You look like a million bucks in a suit. Oh, you stop. People are going to talk. Okay, that's great. Come on, Lisa. Come on, Emma. Lisa, come on. Bye, Lisa. Exterior, beach house, day. It's a beautiful summer day, and James, Teresa, and David sit on a deck overlooking the beach, drinks in hand, in the middle of a conversation. So then, the dude just jumps out of the dumpster and ran. I never saw him again. And you never found your pants? Nope. Had to walk home that way. Fourteen blocks. (laughs) Paige has emerged from the house and stands with her hand resting lightly on Dave's shoulder. Where are the kids? Oh, they're down on the beach, but they're not in the water. They're just playing in the sand. Okay, I'm going to check on them. Okay, you want a drink? It's Patron. Oh, sure, thanks. She heads down to the beach, and Dave gets up to go make her drink, but Teresa stops him with a... So? Yeah. She just raises her eyebrows. James tries to pretend he's not listening. Yeah, no, nothing happening. You sure? Yeah. Because I think that you and Paige are... How you say, making the beast with two backs. We are not. And we're not sleeping together either. My spidey sense tells me otherwise. Your what? Your spidey... You're such a dork. Your spidey sense? Jimmy, are you aware that your wife is a 12-year-old boy? Ooh, she's all woman. Thank you, sweetie. Hey, you. Me? Yes, you. Not a word to her, all right? She is, very understandably, deeply infatuated with me, but that's it. There's no beast back-making, and I don't need you making life awkward for me. I'm just saying. Well, don't just say, numbnuts. He picks up his glass and heads inside. Oh, and she's seeing somebody. I'm sure she is. Somebody named Dick. David's Dick. What is wrong with you? The sliding glass door slams shut behind him. He called me numbnuts. <laughs> yeah, he did. You gonna let him get away with that? I am, yes. Montage. Sorry, no Frank Sinatra this time. We just don't have the budget for it. Anna's school. Anna swings from Paige and David's hands as they walk her up for the first day of school. Paige's house. Paige walks out the door with a gentleman caller while David, Margaret, and Anna eat pizza in the kitchen. The bar. David washes glasses while CNN reports on the Bush-Gore election dispute. Tiny theater. David rehearses a play with the cast. An actress calls line, and Anna, sitting in the house, reads the line for her. Rockefeller Plaza. David, Jimmy, and Teresa help Anna and the kids skate around the ice rink. Stage door. An attractive young woman waits on the street, and David steps out of the stage door and hugs her. Paige's house. Another birthday for Anna, and David greets his old friends John and Lisa as they arrive at the party. Paige has a different gentleman on her arm. Small cafe. David sits at a sidewalk table, sipping wine with a different woman. At the park. It's hot, and Anna and Dave sit on a park bench, licking ice cream cones. Interior. David's apartment. Morning. The toilet flushes, and David stumbles out of his tiny bathroom and sweats in a t-shirt. Switches on the tiny TV on his bedstand, makes his way to the tiny coffee maker on the tiny kitchen counter. As he opens a can of coffee, he begins to hear what's coming through the TV. 
getting reports that two planes have crashed into the upper floors of the World Trade Center's Twin Towers. David's head snaps around. Exterior, Riverside Drive, day. David emerges from the front door of his building, hastily dressed, shirt tail flying behind him, cell phone in his hand. He stops, dials the phone, listens, no signal. He looks around, tries to hail a cab, no luck. He runs. Exterior, Broadway and West 79th Street, day. David runs down into the 79th Street subway station. A few seconds pass. He appears again, bounding up the steps. He scans the streets again, pulls out his phone and dials, but gets nothing. He starts running south. Exterior, 7th Avenue, day. David, ragged but still pushing, runs east down 30th Street. Exterior, Page's house, day. David staggers up the front steps and pushes the buzzer. Interior, Page's house, day. Page, with Anna standing right behind her, opens the door to find David, out of breath and sweating on the front step. He sees them and exhales with relief. He grabs them both, pulls them close, and doesn't even try not to cry. Interior, school, day. Anna and her classmates are in the final chorus of the final song of the Thanksgiving pageant. Every turkey can tango. Every turkey can dance. Every turkey can tango. If he gets that chance. Thunderous applause. Even last year's Thanksgiving pageant, which seemed at the time like an artistic achievement destined to never be equaled, much less surpassed, pales in comparison to what these proud parents and caregivers have just witnessed. The kids beam. Exterior school. Day. Paige and David emerge among a small crowd. I never get tired of that song. Definitely catchy. Hey, so my folks come visit pretty much every December? Yeah, you mentioned that last year. Yeah, yeah, the whole store windows, Rockefeller Plaza thing, they're into it. And, of course, this year they're all, if we stay away, then the terrorists have won. So, and they really want to meet Anna. Oh, well, I, I mean, they've been hearing about her for how long now? And they see pictures and, you know, well, you too, of course. They'd like to meet you too. Um, okay. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, well, we'll talk about this, but I got it. See ya. He takes off and Paige takes a deep breath. She has grandparents now. Of course she does. Interior, Paige's house, night. The house is dark and quiet. And then the door bursts open and Anna, Paige, and David barrel in with David's parents, Andy and Dottie. They're already old friends. Anna's holding Andy and Dot's hands, pulling them into the house. And my dad had it made into a book with a hood cover, like a chapter book for me last Christmas. You wrote a book? Yeah. I don't believe you. I did. I'll show you. She runs upstairs. Anybody want anything? Coffee or hot chocolate or... I'll have some coffee. Thanks. Great. Take off your coats. Get comfortable. Dave, you should bring these two out for July 4th next summer. Oh, yeah. Anna has a lot of cousins that would love to meet her. They'd have a ball. Anna is bounding down the stairs with a book, and the idea of cousins has her levitating several inches off the ground. You want to come see us in Indiana? Yes, can we, Mom? We'll see. Exterior, Stone Farmhouse, Indiana, evening. It's a beautiful summer night. 
The last traces of daylight linger just above the horizon and fireflies float aimlessly, blinking on and off. Lights are strung around the patio where David sits with his parents and assorted siblings and in-laws, aunts and uncles, etc. Kids ranging in age from 6 to 17 play with sparklers or tumble on the lawn or huddle in groups laughing. Anna! Hey! Anna Bobana! Anna runs up. She's changed, which you'd expect since five years have passed. And she's 13 now. Yeah, Pop? When are you going to get your mom out here to visit? I don't think she's ever coming out. She says she doesn't like you because you smell like an old man. The group laughs and Andy growls, jumps up and takes off, gimping after Anna, who runs away laughing. David smiles, watches his old man chase his little girl across the lawn and into the seemingly endless summer night. You've been listening to Episode 5 of 19 Years, 3 Days, a screenplay series by Chris Dazen. The cast included Raven Bonnewell, Ray Ficka, Rick Fauchet, Sherry Heron, Christopher Lane, Susan Marie Ray, Ava Claire Stazen, Sally Stazen, Richard C. Washer, and the author himself. Can't wait to hear what happens next. Stay tuned. The story continues every month right here at the Rose Rhapsody. Episodes of The Rose Rhapsody drop the first Monday of every month and can be found on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you take your listening pleasure. That fabulous horn you've been hearing belongs to Marcus Roots, along with his collaborator on the keys, Adrian Ruiz. 
Additional tracks from Sessions of Rhapsody in Blue feature guitarist Matt Gold, Hayter Garcia on percussion, and the tenor saxophone of Irvin Pierce. To learn more about us and what we do, head over to theroserhapsody.com. And if you love interesting new content as much as we do, spread the word or drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. This week's podcast was produced by Trevor Cochran and Richard C. Washer and is a product of the Rose Theatre Company. All rights reserved. I'm Leslie Kopolinski. Now let's get back to that horn.